Hello, and welcome to The Therapist Mindset. I'm your host, Jamie Boniudo, licensed professional counselor, licensed alcohol and drug counselor, registered yoga instructor, and Reiki master. The Therapist Mindset brings you evidence-based therapies with a spiritual backbone. Through mindfulness, we grow and change. Thank you so much for being here today. I want to thank you in advance for your continued support of the therapist mindset. I am so, so grateful. If you would like to continue to support this podcast, please give us a five-star review, a follow, and a share. It means so much to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now let's get started. Welcome back to The Therapist Mindset. I am so excited to have you here today. Today, we are going to reprogram our mind and retrain our brain. If you are an overthinker, if you think that your inner critic, that that inner critic inside your head just won't stop nagging you, this episode is for you. We are going to go over reprogramming our mind, retraining our brain, a bunch of neuropsychology, and then I'm going to guide you through a short guided meditation to just retrain our brains. Let's get started. I often hear that people are overthinkers or they're ruminating on something. And for those of you who don't know or are not familiar with that word ruminating, it's pretty much overthinking, overanalyzing. You're fixated. You just can't stop thinking about a particular thing or subject, something that happened in the past or something that happened that day, something you said to somebody about your performance or, you know, something at a work meeting, but you just can't stop thinking about it. That is a psychiatric symptom of anxiety that we call ruminating. Some of you may also heard the term perseverating. That is exactly the same as ruminating. And a word that encompasses them all is overthinking. You just can't stop thinking about it. Now, having racing thoughts is also a symptom of anxiety and for some people, depression. But having racing thoughts is a little different. Having racing thoughts is when your thoughts go zoom, zoom, zoom from one to another and you feel like you just can't slow your mind down, like you just can't stop thinking. You're overstimulated with your own thoughts. And I'm going to tell you, This is a common human behavior, and I would say it's pretty normal and appropriate. In fact, the Buddhist often called this monkey mind, and one of the purposes of meditation is to calm the monkey mind, and they called our brain or our mind monkey mind because they spoke of our thoughts as going from one to another to another very quickly, like a monkey swinging from branch to branch on trees in the jungle. So overthinking, having monkey mind, ruminating or perseverating, although it's a symptom of anxiety and often depression when it causes 
your life to become unmanageable or interferes with you getting your work done or functioning in some way, I'm going to tell you that it's also on a smaller scale, a normal and appropriate human behavior. This is how our mind works. So one of my goals in this podcast is to validate and normalize some of these things we have going on because it's not you, you're not alone, you are okay. And then we're gonna talk about skills and have a meditation together so that you can calm that monkey mind. So you can reprogram your brain to overthink a little bit when it's necessary but also to calm it down so that you can get some relief when you feel like you're being plagued by that inner critic or that monkey inside your head. So oftentimes people will describe overthinking as interfering with their ability to enjoy life and have a good time. For example, if you have plans, do you often feel like you should be excited, but you can't be excited about your plans because something that would be fun and exciting, you're actually thinking of everything that could possibly go wrong. So that is something that overthinkers do a lot. Instead of, you know, taking the opportunity to be excited and hopeful and looking forward to plans, they're utilizing their energy, ruminating, and thinking about every possible thing that could go wrong and what if this and what if that. So first off, again, I want to normalize it because congratulations, your brain works. It's doing its job. So remember, our brains are designed to keep us alive, to help us survive, The amazingly awesome function of the human brain is to alert us of danger, to keep us alive in a dangerous environment. The function of the brain for our ancestors who were hunting and gathering was just survival. And it worked. We're still here. The human species has survived. So... Our brain thinking of everything that can go wrong in every possible scenario and thinking of every possible outcome was a function of survival to keep us safe, to help us navigate a dangerous environment, ice storms, saber-toothed tigers, you know, being having to navigate and hunt for food and fight for survival. Well, Now we live in modern times. So although we live, most of us live pretty comfortable, at least in first world countries, we no longer um, are in danger as soon as we walk out of our cave door. But our brain continues to provide us with this service. Neuropsychologists call this brain function the negativity bias. That's right. I think that's a perfect name for it. The negativity bias. It thinks of everything that can possibly go wrong in any given scenario as a function to keep you safe, to help you stay alive and survive. So as it turns out, humans are built to look for the negative, to remember negative experiences more often than positive experiences. 
And I know that this seems like torture when you just can't shake a memory of a bad breakup or a broken heart or a faux pas maybe you said at a work meeting that you're embarrassed about. But the function of the brain is to keep us alive. I can't say that enough times. So when you're able to differentiate the good from the bad, you survive. When you're able to recall bad or negative experiences, you're going to survive. So imagine hunting and gathering or our ancestors hunting and gathering and being able to remember this is a poisonous berry. This is one that's safe to eat. That's the function of the negativity bias. It kept us alive. So there's a lot of research out of the University of Chicago. And um, there's a psychologist that did a study there. His name was John Capasio. And he did a study at the University of Chicago where he showed people three different photos. So he put all the stuff on the brain, EEGs, wired them up to track brain activity. And then he showed them photos that would elicit a negative feeling, photos that would elicit a positive feeling, and then photos that would elicit a neutral feeling. Not necessarily in that order. He mixed it up. But the outcome of the study was that the cerebral cortex, which is the part of the brain that's the processing center, reacted with a greater surge of activity when shown a photo that elicited elicited a negative response or feeling. To sum it up, our brain had a bigger response to bad news or negative feelings than to good news or positive feelings. And I mean, when I read that, I was like, yeah, how true. I mean, just look at the news, look at the newspaper, the media. How many times do you see a positive story out of all the negative stories? How many times do you pick up the paper and the positive story? Maybe it's like way back at the end, at the back of the paper, but the negative story is on the front page because people have a bigger reaction to something that elicits a negative feeling. Think of parenting, and I'm a parent, and I know that I've done this. Um, I think every parent has. How many times do we praise our child versus discipline them or tell them what they're doing wrong? Some studies show that we give our children negative feedback or tell them what they're doing wrong over 50 times more then we praise them. So we have a bigger reaction just as a function of being human to the negative and negative feelings than we do the positive ones. So since we have evolved, and for most of us, we want to change the way we parent or have a more positive outlook at life, or we want to shush that inner critic, quiet that overthinker in our mind. So how do we retrain our brains? I'm going to tell you. Our brain was built with this negativity bias. Our brain was built to search for the negative that we, our brain is built to kind of filter out danger so we can survive. And because that's a function of the human brain and the brain is doing its job, by alerting us to danger, we have to purposely practice and train our brain. 
We need to retrain our brains, reprogram our brains. We're not going to take away the negativity bias, but we can, through consistent practice, retrain our brains, reprogram our brains so that we also pick up on the positive things and feel good about the positive things. So how do we do that? Some of the research says that we hold on to positive and So we need to retrain our brain to search for the positive and hold on to the positive things, the good news, the things that make us feel good. Neuropsychologists have found that in order for a positive experience to get into our long-term memory, to be encoded as long-term memory, we should hold on to the experience in our attention, hold it in our attention, focus on the positive experience or thing for at least 10 to 20 seconds, or else it's fleeting. It comes and goes. We don't record it or encode it as long-term memory. We may or may not remember it. Now, 10 to 20 seconds doesn't seem like that long of a time, but the challenge is to create the habit. So we are automatically looking for the negative. So if we want to retrain our brains to find and hold on to the positive, the things that make us feel good, we have to create the habit of holding on to positive experiences. So we have to purposefully hold on to a positive experience and hold that image in our mind, in our attention, thinking about it for 10 to 20 seconds. I would say the longer the better. In addition, we can train our brains to actively look for the positive things by practicing gratitude and positive affirmations. And I know some people think this is woo-woo, but there's a lot of science behind positive affirmations, an attitude of gratitude, and meditation. There's science on this stuff now. It's not just woo-woo. Okay, Jamie, lots of positive energy. There's science behind this, science that has... Um, The outcomes of these studies have shown people have less stress, less autoimmune illness, less risk of heart disease, less um, diabetes, which is an autoimmune illness, lower blood pressure, and then less psychiatric symptoms, less anxiety, less depression, all, you know, there's science behind this. It's not just woo-woo. So you can make a daily habit out of a gratitude journal and you don't have to write it down. I prefer to write it down, but you don't have to write it down. You can name three things that you're grateful for when you wake up in the morning or go to bed at night. But a gratitude journal is a great idea. You can practice your positive affirmations. You can notice, start to notice when the negativity bias is kicking in. So for example, if you plan a hike for the day, and that's something you would want to be excited about and looking forward to it, but your negativity bias kicks in. What if I forget my water? What if I get lost? What if my cell phone loses battery? What if I fall? That's the negativity bias keeping you safe, keeping you alive. But your job now is to purposefully Think of all the positive things about going on a hike today or whatever it is that you're excited to do. Instead of what if, change it to I get to. I get to enjoy my day off in nature. I get to exercise today. I get to smell the fresh air and feel free. So changing the what if statements to I get to statements is a game changer. A game changer. 
All right, here's some exercises in addition to the ones I just talked about that you can do to start to retrain and reprogram your brain. At least three times a day, think of a positive experience and focus on that for 30 to 60 seconds. And I know, I just told you the research said 10 to 20 seconds, and that's still true, but I'm going to tell you that we're going to double that to 30 and 60 seconds, 30 to 60 seconds, because who doesn't want a half a minute or a minute instead of 10 or 20 seconds? So if you're a rush for time and you do 20 seconds, okay, great. But then if you do 30 or 60 seconds, bonus, it's a win-win. So I'm going to say 30 to 60 seconds. Focus on something positive at least three times a day. It's easy to remember to do this if you set alerts in your phone. I set my phone for everything. My phone goes off countless times a day reminding me of what I need to do and what I want to do. So it's an easy thing to kind of put this in to morning, noon, and night if you have a traditional schedule where you go to work during the day. So when you wake up in the morning, Think of something that's a positive experience, something you did in the past, something that you can recall, and think about that for 30 to 60 seconds. Hold it in your brain. Remember everything you could about that experience. What were you wearing? What were you seeing? What were you hearing? Incorporate your senses. At lunchtime, again, think of a positive experience. It could be a beautiful cup of coffee or a delicious bagel that you had that day. What did it taste like? What did it look like? What did it smell like? What did it feel like? 30 to 60 seconds. And then at night, the same thing. Positive experience, focus on it, incorporate your senses, feel it. Hold that positive experience in your mind, in your attention for 30 to 60 seconds. And then as you create the habit of doing that three times a day, You could do it more. You could do it 12 times a day if you want. But I would say three times a day because morning, noon, and night is simple to just plug it in and do that for at least 21 days. I would say 66 days, but at least 21 days to start to create that habit. Secondly, and we touched on this, gratitude journal. The attitude of gratitude. I know, again, it sounds woo-woo, but there is science behind this. We have something to be grateful for. Everyone does. I woke up today. (laughs) Holy shit, I woke up today. That's amazing. Positive affirmations. There's a lot of science behind positive affirmations. The more we do positive affirmations, the deeper we're creating those neural pathways and retraining our brain to focus on the positive and we feel better. And meditation. So now I am going to guide you in a short 10-minute meditation to help you retrain your brain. Are you ready? I'm so grateful you're here today. Thank you. Let's get it. Let's get it done. Okay, I want you to join me either on your mat or in the chair, on your meditation pillow, wherever you're comfortable. Find a place where you can Spend some time alone with no distractions and join me for this guided meditation. 
I invite you to close your eyes. I like to sway a little bit back and forth until I find my center. Drop your shoulders from your ears. Loosen your jaw. Just allow your breath to rise and fall. I invite you to notice any aches or pains, any tension in your body, and just breathe into it, putting the breath and attention in that area, allowing your body to relax. The more we relax, the deeper into our subconscious we can go. I invite you to take a cleansing inhale through the nose and exhale, sigh it out. There's no judgment. With every inhalation, Cleansing the breath, filling the lungs, and exhaling, relaxing fully and completely. Allow your thoughts to come and go with no judgment, no attachment. Be aware of them, allow them to be, and allow them to pass. When we hold on to something with judgment or resentment, we actually keep it in our attention, in our lives. So I invite you now to just let go. I invite you to repeat these affirmations in your mind's eye, out loud, or in your mind. I am loved. I am kind. I am worthy of love. I am creative. I am inspiring. I am worthy of love. I am admired by others. I am deserving of all my hopes and dreams. I am a loving human being. I am cherished by others. I am confident. I am powerful. I am capable of anything I put my mind to. I am appreciated. I am talented. I am valuable. I am worthy. I am loved. I am enough. 
I choose happiness. I am successful. I am full of abundance. I am successful. I am full of abundance. I am grateful for my life. I am amazing. I am aligned with my highest self. I am blessed. I am in harmony with the universe. I am divinely guided. I am determined. I am excited about my life. I am full of compassion and care. I am creating my reality. I am living my best life. I am choosing what is best for me. I am loved. I am love. I spread love and light to others. Let the power and the energy of these affirmations fill your mind and your body and your spirit. Let these affirmations empower you. Allow these affirmations to fill you, fill every cell in your body and radiate through every aspect of your life. I invite you to take three cleansing breaths with me. Inhaling through the nostrils and exhaling. Releasing any negativity and fear. You can begin to sway back and forth. Notice what you hear. There might be birds chirping. Children running outside the window. Traffic driving by. Flutter open your eyes. What do you see? The sun shining. The trees blowing in the wind. What do you hear? What do you smell? The fresh air, some coffee. I invite you now to go throughout your day, coming back to these affirmations anytime you feel the need. Namaste. Thank you for joining me. I love you guys. If you have any questions or ideas for podcast topics, please email me at thetherapistmindset at gmail.com. Follow me on TikTok, The Therapist Mindset. And I am so grateful again to have you. It means the world to me. I want to thank you in advance for supporting The Therapist Mindset. Please continue to follow this podcast, share this podcast with friends and give us a five-star review. It means the world to me. Thank you. May you be well. Namaste.